0: Welcome to the Operate Intelligently podcast, the podcast for all things operations.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We're excited to have you here or welcome back. If you've listened with us before, I'm your producer, Grace Black. And I just want to take a quick minute or two to check in with your host, Josh. So Josh, you've been doing a lot of interviews around the pandemic for the past few months, talking to a lot of different people and different types of organizations. What are some of your big takeaways that you've had?
0: Wow. That's, that's a, uh, a long, a long list of takeaways. <laughs> uh, the biggest that I've got is our people. The people that we mm. serve are really amazing. They have been resilient. Uh, they've gone through the the, 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 they're in the six stages of disaster we're in number five and they've weathered, uh, quite the storm, uh, and they 've done it uh, standing tall with their teams and accomplished a lot uh, under unforeseen social distancing, mask wearing uh, state shutdown, government shutdown, country shutdown, um, and adjusted the sails as they needed to to uh, to ride with the wind and they've they 've really innovated uh, there are so many stories of of new innovation, uh, new ways, new processes. I thought one of the coolest things um, was when I was talking to Chris Phillips about um, they're they're doing um, uh, going out and doing inspections, and they were doing them via Skype, where the resident was taking their f- phone and going down with a camera and showing while the inspector was in the driveway watching and videoing and, and recording that uh, and then documenting it. So um, just the resiliency and the and and the, and the just incredible work that we get to to help our clients do every day is is the real big takeaway.
1: That's so true. It's been amazing to see just the positivity, um, and like you're saying, the innovation that's coming through, and how people kind of wanted to help each other. You know, weather the storm together. I think that's been really powerful. Um, so, just want to put another plug in out there. If you haven't listened to the uh, kind of COVID themed podcast we've been doing for the last few months, please go back. Um, they're on all different kinds of topics. So find some favorite ones and definitely check those out. Um, so I did want to introduce the interview that we have coming up today with Shannon. And, and the, this was recorded a little while back, I think maybe in December. So tell us a little bit more about this interview, Josh.
0: Yeah, so this was recorded actually in Anchorage, Alaska, uh, the first week in December. Um, Shannon Rasik works for the Anchorage Public Schools. And, um, the previous year, in 2018, I went, went up, and as I was making my way to Alaska, Anchorage had uh, sustained a massive hit of an earthquake. I think it was around, um, it was over eight on the Richter scale, but the, the pro- close proximity to actual Anchorage proper, it was a mile offshore was the epicenter. So it caused incredible um, destruction and devastation. Amazingly, no lives were lost, um, which is a testament to the buildings Post uh, the earthquake, I think in the in the '60s, that that was a uh, uh, nine plus magnitude. That that uh, a lot of different engineering uh, requirements. A lot of the big buildings are on rollers. So the hotel I was in uh, in 2018, we got aftershocks in the sixes, and we, the, wow. the building the building shook back and forth, but it was incredibly structurally sound because it, the building actually sits on rollers, so it's designed to actually move with the earthquakes. Um, But with that said, uh, the Anchorage public schools didn't have a single building in their district that didn't sustain damage. And Shannon and her team were responsible for um, managing, repairing, getting the schools to be, uh, for reoccupying and also documenting everything to ensure any uh, claimable uh, work that is done, that they had everything that they needed to be able to submit those properly and, and best, best ensure their, uh, Reimbursement as well as showing the work they did because it was a ton, a ton in a short amount of time.
1: Yeah. Well, I think y'all will really enjoy hearing this interview. So we'll jump into that now.
0: Good afternoon. This is Joshua Peach with Dude Solutions, and I am here in beautiful Anchorage, Alaska in December. It's raining and in the 40s, it's typically like zero and snowing, but uh, unusually warm. And I am lucky enough to have with me from Anchorage Public Schools, Shannon Rassic. Said that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. wonderful. Uh, and Shannon has been a lifelong resident of Alaska. And I was talking to earlier this morning at the Alaska ASBO conference, and we we're talking about the earthquakes that hit last year. And a lot of people don't know this. But there's over 10,000 earthquakes that happen in Alaska every single year. It accounts for 11% of the total earthquakes that happen in the world. And last December, before this conference, same time last year as we are here, December 7th or 8th. It was uh,
2: 1130. On what? So November 30th. Oh, November
0: 30th. Mm -hmm. I came up on the 1st, I think, of December. I came up the day after what was that to talk about the earthquake that was a yeah. big one that yeah. was a doozy
2: so it was a Friday at, um November 30th at eight twenty-nine a.m in the morning um I think the final number they gave out was it was a 7.1 magnitude earthquake um that hit just a little bit outside of Anchorage on uh, Mount Oklootna, and it was huge and it lasted for what felt like forever um everybody was frantic and didn't know well, what was to holes in the, There was holes in the roads. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, yeah. it was devastating. Were, yeah. <laughs> giant <laughs> holes, bridges falling apart. Um, and just about every school in the Anchorage School District had some extent of damage.
0: How many schools are there in Anchorage?
2: There's 80 something schools, but 90 facilities.
0: Okay. Well. Was this the worst earthquake you've experienced here? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, so eight in the morning, school, everybody's getting ready to go to school. It's dark out. What a lot of people don't know is, uh, you know, it doesn't get light until about 10 o'clock in the morning and then gets dark at three. Um, So it's still dark out. Kids are just starting to get into school. Earthquake happens. And uh, 90 90 buildings, in essence, are getting hit with this, (laughs) rattled and shook. And some have more damage than others. Any completely destroyed where they're not going to get rebuilt or so
2: there's two um eagle river elementary and greening middle school that um have a severe damage and yeah. um for a while there it was questionable questionable whether we were going to rebuild or just repair yeah um i think the conclusion is that we're going to repair them but it's it's not cheap
0: are they newer schools or are they older no they're older okay so they probably aren't built up to the standards from were they prior to the last big one which was in
2: 64. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eagle River Elementary actually had similar damage in the 64 earthquake. Mm-hmm. They rebuilt, like, the yeah. a certain wing of the school, um, and then same thing happened again.
0: Yeah, grooming, I don't think, was around The then. building we're in was built after the 64 earthquake, which was, like, a nine magnitude, right? As I, if I remember correctly, I it think was up there.
2: so. I think that the difference was how long it lasted, and like it lasted for quite a while. Yeah.
0: So. And then the center of it was really, really close. Mm-hmm. It was like a mile away from yep. from Anchorage proper, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, but when I was here, there was a five. There were some aftershocks, and there was like a five, and the building was like swinging. Everybody goes, ah, oh, don't worry about it. It's on rollers. Yeah. It's fine. It was built after the 64, which mm-hmm. changed all the, the regulations of how you built, yeah. you know, buildings. And that's what um, kind of
2: saved our city is Anchorage code after the 64 earthquake. Yeah. Anchorage code kind of tightened up and... Um, Could have been a lot worse
0: if we didn't have that. You might know this. I'm sure you do know this. Um, And I I, I want to make sure I have the statistic right. Mm -hmm. But that earthquake was the first with a seven magnitude or greater that didn't have a single fatality. Does that sound right? That's right. Yeah. We didn't have any. Yeah. There was no fatalities. I mean, I don't think you had, you think you had a handful of injuries, but it was. Not even
2: that, really.
0: Dishes fell on people's heads or something. And that it was like, you know, limited, but it wasn't anything. I remember reading that. I, I'm 99% sure, so somebody do a search and, and call me out on it. But mm. I think this, this was the first earthquake with a 7.0 great or greater magnitude that didn't have a single fatality, mm-hmm. which is amazing when you think about it. Um, it, didn't, it barely even made the news. You yep. know, it happened, and it was on the news, and then within a couple of days. But you guys are unbelievably resilient. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. how how long were the school out for? A couple of days.
2: Ten days. Yep. Till all schools. So the earthquake happened on a Friday. So luckily, we had two weekends in there right. where we could get a lot of the repairs done.
0: So basically, five five business days mm-hmm. of school was yep. all you guys or six if you count Friday. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so cleanup, you mm-hmm. got a mess, right? Yeah. Um, what is that like? Because that, that would probably resemble, you know, any natural disaster. Obviously, yours is on a much larger scale. Mm-hmm. It's a much constant, like, you know, a tornado comes through, it'll cut through one line. Yeah. You guys had your whole district affected. But what does that look like? What does that entail? How long does it take? You know, where do you, um, where does the repair come from? How does mm-hmm. the money, you know, tell tell the story as far as yeah. how that after effect looks.
2: Yeah, so um, after the earthquake happened, we established our emergency command center, And kind of the first thing we did is we deployed project managers and maintenance guys to all the different schools. We have them divided into zones. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's like a zone binder with where they can take notes of, you know, what they see and what damages are out there. And then as we get that information back, that's how we decide to best allocate our resources. Um, So the custodians, the clean, they were the ones that did a lot of the heavy lifting with the cleanup. Mm -hmm. Um, They, A lot of them started in their schools that they're normally at because we have custodians at every school. Um, So that was helpful, but then Mm -hmm. we shifted them around. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the maintenance guys, um, after the first few days of getting reports on the damages, we decided to bring in um, three local general contractors that Mm -hmm. we work a lot with. Some of them we already had existing contracts with, and we kind of divided the schools between in-house and them. And so they deployed their own teams, hired on people out of the... Um, labor hall, you know, just to come help right. with this earthquake. Um, and it was a lot. It was, you know, everything was kept track of it in an Excel. People were calling into a phone, reporting yep. what they saw. Um, I'd say the damage consisted mostly of ceiling tiles that fell, sprinkler heads that broke off and water went everywhere, right. um, domestic and glycol leaks, um, lots of cosmetic cracking, some structural.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you got the total price tag on that?
2: Um, I think so. On what we've done so far, if I had a ballpark, um, I'd say probably about 15 million expenses to date. Mm-hmm. But to bring every school whole, it's going to be 50 million plus. Wow. So there's still a lot of work to do out there.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of that's covered from under insurance policies. Mm-mm. No?
2: Um, earthquake insurance is really uh, hard to get in Alaska. And,
0: well, with 10,000. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. The likelihood of you having one is a hundred percent. It's whether or not it does damage is the the next question. Yeah.
2: So we had, um, we didn't have earthquake insurance, but we had sprinkler leakage insurance. Mm -hmm. So everywhere sprinkler pipe broke Mm
0: -hmm.
2: water went everywhere.
1: We were able to claim that that
0: was covered. Yeah. Yeah. Curious about stimulus funding and how it could help your organization. Join our webinar, Stimulus Funding, What You Need to Know Now on Wednesday, June 24th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll help you navigate through this time with a lively panel discussion with industry experts to gain tips around what type of stimulus funding will likely become available, how you can prepare to submit your organization for funding opportunities, and how to use your operations data to make the biggest impact with funds. Register via the link in the show notes. enough mm-hmm. with it, but you we were able to do some sort of funding through FEMA or what if is... Okay. We're
2: still working with FEMA a year later and still in the beginning process. <laughs> it's going to be forever, it feels like. Um, so, yeah.
0: so do they They require, you know, we're, this mm-hmm. whole thing came up about discussing with kind of what Dude does. Mm-hmm. You know, we, mm-hmm. we're offering, you know, we provide software to, yeah. to track and manage work orders and preventive maintenance and all that stuff. And, you know, one of the things that is often overlooked is... It's great for the day to day. It's great that we we have it someplace, but and we're not in. an If something happens, sadly, we're in a, in a when Something happens of mm-hmm. whether it's natural or whether a sprinkler breaks on its own, or you know, sadly, a kid pulls the uh, the, um, the the shower and the the mm-hmm. science lab that's always on the top floor and leaves it running and the clog's drained and uh, you know because it never gets used and floods out mm-hmm. three other floors. Um, you know, how does how did dude did dude help with the the yeah. you know the submissions or the management or you know you said you had stuff coming in from all angles how did that how did we make a difference if we did
2: well I don't know what we would have done without the work order system because um, being a district of our size and 90 facilities with hundreds of people yeah. out there doing who knows what um, having the work order system was really the one way where we could. Um, have a record of what was going on and be able to report on it after the fact. Have people track their labor hours to it. Um, one of the first things we did when the earthquake hit was we created a p- earthquake project mm-hmm. in the work order system so that every work work order that came after at the those earthquake. few days and even still today work orders where people find something else that was broken. Yeah. Um, it allowed us to be able to report and kind of handle that mass of data. Mm-hmm. Um, more easily than we would if we were trying to stubby pencil it or right. have people fill out logs of what they did and where they were. So.
0: Or just a spreadsheet, even a, an mm-hmm. Excel spreadsheet that yeah. you guys were, were fielding calls on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I mean, I, I, again, I, I, I can't remember the first, um, I think it was the, the um, one of the big snowstorms we had on the East Coast and New Jersey got pummeled, and we've got a ton of clients there, and they were talking about how they u- utilized our software for, you know, FEMA tracking, reporting, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, even taking photographs, Um, you know, what they were able to utilize was that, you know, some things they'll, for preventive maintenance, they'll photograph every time they do a PM out there, just Mm -hmm. maybe a piece of equipment to just see if it's aged, if it's near the ocean, if it's rusted more, what have you, and to be able to take those historical photos and say, hey, here's what this was, and here's, you know, here's, you know, where it was, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I just learned uh, some a bit on the Isaac Gulf Coast State College, which is in pa- um, Panama City, Florida. They got, I mean, just entire buildings disappeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, homes just washed away, and it's you know tracking and showing. Hey, there was a house here. Like, mm-hmm. how do you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's gone. It's just yeah. a, a plot of land. So, just to have that historical information, um, so when something like this happens, you start to track, you start to put everything in, you Mm -hmm. put a project in. Are you submitting that information directly from DUDE or those reports directly from DUDE, or you have to do other stuff? We have to do
2: other stuff to them. Um, So we usually submit a work order detail report with every type of other submission we're doing with FEMA just on the back end, so if they want to track that through, they can. Another thing that we did right after the earthquake um, that was really helpful with all the financial accounting of all the different expenses was we added a work order field to all of our credit card purchases and POs mm-hmm. so that when we're allocating those to the certain account and budget mm-hmm. with that work order number in there we can report and merge that with quarter mm-hmm. report and it'll tell you this purchase was here and this amount. Yeah. So
0: so when I was growing up, there wasn't a lot of planning, preparation thought that something might happen. It's a much different world today. Mm-hmm. Not only do we have um, earthquakes that happen everywhere. Uh, you guys just happen to be in the jackpot of that. Uh, tornadoes, which are popping up. There was one just in uh, Dallas, right in downtown Dallas, destroyed 27 school buildings uh, two months ago. Unheard of. Um, floods, snow events, hurricanes, um the, 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 uh, one of the one of the largest destructions was a uh, uh, gas. Uh, we had gas blasts. So, you know, gas. Um, whether it's uh, on trains, there was an explosion with a series of trains in the Midwest years and mm-hmm. years ago that destroyed a couple school buildings. So now we really need to be in when it happens. Like mm-hmm. preparedness. Like, what are a couple of things that you would say are best practice, must do, have to do to be prepared for anything? Like mm-hmm. something happens where you have to have your emergency preparedness team. Like, what are some of your best practices, you think, are being pre- being prepared for when something happens.
2: Yeah. Um, so one thing I think that helped us is that we stuck to our standard operating procedure, mm-hmm. I mean, especially when it came to the, the, the work order system and how we track and report things. Um, we stuck to that as close as possible because that's normal business. You know, if we would have tossed all rules and regulations and mm-hmm. practices aside and just you know let everything turn into mayhem repairs that yeah. weren't tracked, um, then I think we would have a hard time getting reimbursement Yeah. Um, and be trying to note what we did. Um, for, as for planning in advance, um, there's the ATC-20, which is um, a uh, kind of an emergency preparedness training that a lot of people in the district go through, and that teaches you how to identify damages, put the appropriate placard on buildings, mm-hmm. Um
0: is that an yeah. Alaska thing? Is that ATC-20, or is it something that's federal, national?
2: Uh, I'm not sure. Well,
0: we'll have to look I into haven't that. actually had the training yet, yep. but we'll most have to of look the, the people Most have. of your team has, yeah. yeah. So yeah.
2: Um, other things, too, is um, just having the – we have these emergency backpacks put together that we can deploy out with people with yep. all the first aid kits. and Go the, bags. Yeah. I think it's what they're mm
0: mm-hmm. yep.
2: um, Other than that, as far as preparation um, – you know there's always room to get better there's a lot of things we learned that we right did well that's wrong. the whole thing is yeah. like
0: it's it's after it happens you debrief yeah. and you say and that's probably something you guys are still doing mm-hmm. now which is you know these constant debriefs and say okay what could we have done differently here or what could we have done differently you know when this something happens again yeah. um shameless plug for my friend Paul Tim uh, he does the go bags. I'm amazed. I, I had no idea what half the stuff didn't make any sense to me. And he mm-hmm. says, well, you know, you're stuck for, you know, something like a uh, blanket, you know, and he's multi-purpose. It's like if you have to, you know, if you, you're there for 12 hours, you're stuck in a room and people have to go to the bathroom, he uses that a curtain, you know, it's mm-hmm. like all this stuff that you have in those mm-hmm. bags that serve multiple different purposes. Yeah. Um, well, this was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a uh, very informative. I can't thank you enough. Mm-hmm. We just, filled in a quick 15 minute slot here while we're uh, in between lunch and and classes and we're down to uh, 120 seconds before we have to get back and and learn. So congratulations first of all on what you and your team have done and accomplished. It seems like nothing happened here. Mm -hmm. Um, I was here two days after and I saw some of the destruction but the resiliency of Alaskans in general is amazing but what you were able to do in one of the largest school districts in the country and keep things going um, with $50 million you know, estimated in damages, nothing short of amazing, because the most important thing is getting those kids back in the school and learning and yep. feeling comfortable. So congratulations to you and your team. Keep up the great work. We're here to help any way we can, and uh, I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. So yeah. um, till then, I guess we're going to sign off. Thanks for listening to the Operate Intelligently podcast, produced by Dude Solutions. You can reach us by emailing dspodcast at dudesolutions.com or check us out on the web at dudesolutions.com.